0: Well, the hater's gonna hate, 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 hate. And the faker's gonna fake, 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 baby. I'm just gonna make, 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 make. Making luck, making luck. A Dominion podcast. That's amazing. We believe you, Alexa. Well, I mean, I do. And, and uh, now you're the second person in the universe that believes her. Which actually brings us to uh the raffle. Welcome to industry. Making Luck, a Dominion podcast. Yeah, so
1: if you were listening to any of that, then you maybe have an idea of what the raffle prize is. Stick for- around at the end of the uh, show
0: it'll probably be the easter egg
1: yeah right so um it's gonna be a mystery box basically the, oh the winner
0: the winner of the raffle is going to get a
1: box and it's gonna have a surprise in it wow and I, if you stick around to the end of the episode you're gonna have a hint <laughs> i think I to know. what that is uh, so again as adam said welcome to making luck it's a it's a dominion and hunting podcast it's whoa hunting wow yeah. another
0: hint right there yeah yeah. Um, uh, so so this episode, um, it's going to be slightly different, uh, basically because we're <coughs> recording this on a Saturday instead of a Monday, and you're probably going to be seeing this a little earlier than the normal Tuesday night upload. Uh, that's because I'm going to be out of town. Uh, we're leaving basically after I'm done editing and uploading this podcast, and I'm going to be gone till Wednesday, so I'm just going to upload the thing, and you can enjoy it. However, I need to be able to not take a lot of time editing this. So... Um, the quality, particularly of the video, may drop a little bit because yeah. I'm only going to do one pass, and if I miss a card image, whoops, sorry, I'm, I don't <laughs> have the time to do a second pass. And also, this will be a little bit shorter of an episode.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, definitely, we're in, as such, we're, we're picking a topic that uh, isn't, of course, something that there isn't anything to say about.
0: Uh, or we wouldn't be doing an episode on it, but, it, you know, a little bit shorter of one, definitely. Yeah, like, we've combined cards in the in the past, like yeah. the farmland hunting grounds, and so it's yeah. it's basically just one of those, I think. Yeah, so uh, the one we chose this time is actually the event called Trade. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's probably my favorite event for yeah. reasons that have very little to do with Dominion gameplay.
1: Okay, What what is, uh, what's your favorite part of
0: Trade? Oh, I'll get to it when we talk about the okay. card itself, but uh, first uh, I thought we would address this kingdom
1: yeah so um over the last week we talked about uh we we played out this kingdom last episode was on the dynamic between trashing and junking like which one do you go for first when you have both available so uh we played this kingdom out a little bit Uh, to find out yeah do you Um, want to read the cards sure uh so the kingdom in question has fool's gold moat catapult exorcist marauder mining village quarry count crypt and nobles we have the event called tower as well landmark the the landmark event whatever the landmark event um so once more for our audio only listeners the kingdom we played last week was fool's gold moat catapult exorcist marauder mining village quarry count crypt Novels and the landmark tower. The landmark event tower. The
0: landmark event tower. Yeah. So,
1: so I, yeah. Think,
0: I think last time uh, I advocated <laughs> for an exorcist catapult opening. Yes. Into rushing the fool's golds and like maybe getting a noble someday.
1: Yeah, and I had talked about Exorcist Catapult being pretty good, but maybe thinking about opening with a Marauder as well. And my thinking initially was that Fool's Gold wasn't worth it because there wasn't plus buy. And normally, Fool's Gold is a card that I only go for if there is plus buy because uh, one, you want to get multiple Fool's Golds a turn. Two, uh, you want to capitalize on those high price points that Fool's Golds are spiking in a way that's more than what you know silvers and golds could. I was super wrong. Fool's gold big money, even without plus buy, destroys regular
0: big money here. Yeah. Also, um, you've overlooked the fact that there is plus buy on this board. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> Ruin market! <laughs> okay. Uh, we did it, guys!
1: That's something we to get it. into. Um, but the other thing... So the Marauder turned out to be pretty bad, unfortunately, too. Uh, Adam and I both actually experimented with buying it in the middle or the beginning or the end to disrupt like an ever, opponent. Yeah. yeah, like ever. And there just wasn't a good opportunity. Like, even in the best situation for Marauder, when, like, the opponent's going for fool's gold and you get it early and you disrupt them with junk and you don't care about getting fool's golds too much, it's still kind of bad. The junk doesn't actually do a whole lot to them. Like
0: Yeah, because you're you're getting things that are not called fool's gold, and if you let your opponent get too many fool's golds, like, the junk just doesn't matter. Because they have all the fool's golds. And, like, the transact In fact, the junk actually can help. <clears throat> yeah. Like, like yeah, you, you're not. You didn't see. I didn't see it coming. I lost a game because Wandering Winder started buying ruins to get the tower points. Oh, yeah. It happened. Oh. <laughs> it happened. That's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, he got a Marauder too to, you know, empty the pile. But, like, mm. he bought ruins and I had. Like, yeah, it happened. It happened. That's crazy. Yeah. It happens.
1: Uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing that. But yeah. uh, so the uh, the other thing about the junking here is that the trashing is actually better than it looks. I know, like you see, like these cards only trash one card a turn, whatever. But like remember that Exorcist being a night card means it's non-terminal, and as we uh, had discussed earlier, a, a trasher or a junker being non-terminal makes it immediately better at doing that.
0: For sure. I mean, Marauder costs you an action to give out the junk, and Exorcist does not cost the action to get it out. And Catapult costs an action but gives you a benefit and possibly attacks your opponent. Yeah, the attack is, it turns out, uh, pretty significant in some cases. Yeah. Uh, but also, Exorcist also has the benefits, right? If you trash an estate, you're getting a will o which is super great for the deck. Uh, yeah. And you also can just draw it with a Nobles and be perfectly happy with your life. Yeah. So these are um, these are all considerations. I think, um, as, I mean, I, I had at least predicted... And I think you were sort of waffling on it But like um, The trashing here outclasses the junking yeah. um, And that has to do with Basically the junkers at the $4 or less price point Marauder just isn't good At doing the junking and just because the trashing "quote unquote" wins against the junking
1: on a board doesn't mean you don't go for the junking at all. Usually, That's very true. Uh, In this some... case, it did, but yeah, not always. Yeah. In this case, it outclassed it by so much that the junking wasn't worth it. But like sometimes, that what I was saying is that the junking could slow your opponent down enough to be worth it. But like honestly, it just didn't here. So yeah, yeah. Uh, the count was interesting too. Um, normally, count is such a prolific trasher uh, at, at thinning so much that you go for it, but I don't think it actually. Was important unless you opened with it If you got it on a 5-2, I think it's pretty good
0: It's really good unless your opponent Hits your count hand with a catapult Oh god, yeah, that sucks Also, um So based on uh, games I played with Wandering Wonder Which you haven't seen Um, he just opened Fool's Gold turn 1 And he won a lot of those games And it's because right afterward He could get the count And if you win that Fool's Gold split If you get 6 Fool's Golds Count suddenly becomes a very, very good card in your deck, not just because it can trash, but number one it helps you line up your fool's goals. Number two it does give you a trashing option, but um I mean it's it's kind of like a fool's gold in itself because you know that plus two fools gold is, is a province hand, okay, so just getting two provinces is great. It also gives you options for like I get four provinces and now I have this other win condition of just spamming duchies, yeah, so that's a thing too um. I think count can be good in the deck. Uh, it's not something that I always found myself picking up. But right. Situationally, there are places where you want it.
1: There were two like really good openers I saw, and they were uh, things that I was waffling between. They both involved opening with an exorcist,
0: mm-hmm. but then
1: I was torn. Uh, and I'm assuming a fool's gold mirror here, like because I think we decided you, that's the best strategy. If you,
0: if you don't like just blitz fool's gold super fast, you're going to lose the game.
1: Probably, yeah. Like, and Definitely.
0: Like, Unless a bot, but yeah. So I was thinking um, Catapult
1: uh, Exorcist was pretty good because the Catapult trashes the Coppers for a benefit, the Exorcist trashes the Estates for a benefit. Both of those things are great for a Fool's Gold deck. Yeah. Um, but also, like, if you're being mirrored, Exorcist Fool's Gold is super valid, too, because it's super nice to win that Fool's Gold split, and uh, the best way to win a split a lot of the time is to just start buying the cards, so...
0: Yeah, I think unless you see your opponent open with a Marauder, like Exorcist might end up being the best opening. Yeah. So that's where I'm leaning towards strongly. There's one other thing that I wanted to address here. I don't want to get too far into it, because I feel like our next episode is going to hit this one pretty hard. Okay. Uh, But uh, we got a lot of feedback from some very good Dominion players who looked at the board, and they say, uh, well, yeah, Exorcist and Catapult are great to open with, which, you know... It's very close to being best, if not the best. I'm still, yeah. I'm still like, not 100% convinced. But anyway...
1: It's hard. It might come down to uh, whether or not you went
0: first, but go ahead. Right, first player has a lot to do with it. In any case... First player really likes a catapult. Yeah. Uh, well, first player's really good on a Fool's Gold board. Yeah. <laughs> well, First
1: well, player's well, really good on a Son of Anto board, too. It's, first uh, player's really good on a lot of boards. First player's really good
0: to be. But yeah, yeah go ahead. Pretty so, good. Um, I wonder what that's like. But anyway... Uh, after that, the commentary was, you build an engine. And, of course, I was like, hey, what's an engine? And uh, they said, you know, and you they get were some like, mining villages. You know voltages. what an engine
1: is. Yeah, but go ahead.
0: <laughs> uh, no, I'll know. But, but, like, I didn't understand what that meant here because I didn't understand why you would play a deck that wasn't very close to big money. Sure. And so I needed more detail. Hashtag yeah. and the E word. Hashtag the E word. But, yeah, no, but, you know, you, you get mining villages and nobles. You get a quarry to help you buy this stuff. And, and that, I mean, the quarry is... <laughs> almost only good when you have that ruined Market, although it, it can be tough to buy nobles without it, so I understand it. And then uh, you, you know, you go for provinces from there, right? And if you're gonna do that, um, if you're only, if you don't have any plus buy, I mean, that's just gonna die to fool school big money. I played a lot of games that way. It's it's performs very poorly there. Um, even if Ruin Market is on top of the pile, or even if you magically have it, um, you know, because of a Marauder or something, like, Rune Market is still not a great card for the deck. I really, really, really tried to make that debt work, and um, it doesn't. Like, it, it loses to Fool's Gold because either you contest the Fool's Gold properly, in which case you're really pivoting hard to go for this kind of a deck, yeah. or you don't contest the Fool's Gold, and you've lost the game because you didn't contest the Fool's Gold. Um, and, and I think, um, yeah. you know, these, these decks that have a lot of deck control are great, and... Increasing your payload is also a great thing you can do. However, um, that was not the case here. There were a lot of indicators that suggested that, and and even then, I mean, I, I've you know I misread boards on this podcast, sure, pretty desperately, and, and that can still happen. I make and a habit of it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, but we all have ahead. to do
0: what we're best at. Yeah, right. Um, and both of us are good at doing that. But but anyway, I mean, the, the particular issue that plagued us here, I think we may be able to touch on in the next episode.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Um, And that's just kind of being afraid of treasures in general and and always tending to build these decks that have high deck control if the resources are available, or sometimes even if the resources aren't available.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I have some things to say about that, certainly. I know Adam does as well, so that'll uh, be our next episode. Wondering
0: Winter might have a few things to say, too. Yeah, sometimes I can still hear his voice. Yeah. Evra Uh huh. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We tried to make Crypt work. (laughs) <laughs> it, uh it didn't.
1: Yeah, I think I advocated for Crypt on the last episode. I did too. Yeah, because I thought it would help you line up Fool's Golds, and that's great. Turns There's out no time for
0: Nobles it. is just better, Count is just better. Yeah. If you hit five, you probably just would rather put the Count in the deck. So, um, I mean, I'm not going to say it doesn't have synergy with the Fool's Gold, but it certainly <clears> on this <throat> board never worked out to pick up. Yeah, Moat... Um, was bought sometimes, but only after the fools golds were gone, and yeah. somehow you magically had terminal space for it. Yeah, I mean, so like if the fools
1: golds are gone, I think you buy a moat over nothing because uh, like you're only what's competing for your terminal space. Maybe catapult. Like maybe. if you <laughs> if you
0: have some nobles already, uh, the moat uh, gets less good. Sure. Also, if your opponent has junked you, sure with the ruins, the moat gets less good. Uh, Mining village can be a great buy, just as an option to blow it up for two bucks. Yeah, I'd I found myself buying a decent amount of them. I usually, I, I think I buy that over silver, like, in pretty much every circumstance. Yeah, I think it's definitely better than silver always here. Yeah, because, like, uh,
1: the, it's not getting in the way of your fool's golds, and it's also optional money.
0: Yeah. So, so yeah. yeah, that's about all I got. Yep. Same. All right. Uh, so, like we said, this episode's going to be about trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, let me let me tell you a story about this card. Uh, this is from the Adventures expansion and well, I guess we can read the text Trade is a $5 event from Adventures It says trash up to two cards from your hand Gain a silver per card you trashed Turns your junks into silvers And uh, this is my favorite event And the reason why is because uh, Well Adventures was the first expansion That I was part of the playtesting team for So um, I was fangirling super hard over a lot of things And this was one of them But it was the very last day for Donald to make any changes to cards. Like, the artwork was about to go, uh, we were about to, like, send the directions to the artists for the artwork, so all the card names needed to be finalized, and they needed to be sent to Jay by, like, noon on a day or whatever. And so Donald posts, and he's like, so this needs to be done, we have a few hours left, and here's a few cards that I'm not entirely happy with the names for, (laughs) Can anyone think of anything <clears throat> better? And one of them was this card called Farmer's Market. <laughs> trade used to be called Farmer's Market, and now there's a different thing called Farmer's Market. Hey. And it, and it was this. And so I was like, well, I mean, market says to me buy, and this doesn't have buy. Uh, this card says to me silver, and usually trade says sil- silver because, <laughs> like, trader and trading post. Yeah. Sure. So I was so I suggested except like five or six different tradey names. Everything uh, with the word trade in it involves silver except horse trade route
1: and trade route. <laughs> and
0: and I yeah, I mean the strongest connection was silver I could okay, think of yeah. trade. And yeah, okay. So I suggested like five or six trading names and I was like, "All right, I guess you could just do Trade." And I was proud of a lot of these names. And Donald's like, "Oh, Trade. I like that. Let's go." And now the card's called Trade. Yeah. So so I <laughs> named this card Nice. I named this, well, oh, event. Oh, so it. it's
1: kind of like your kid who you're going to be naming.
0: Yeah. You may already have a baby name. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do already have a baby name. Trade Horton? Uh, Trade Horton. I mean, that's that's definitely more of a middle name. I definitely wanted the middle name to be one syllable and the first name to be two. So, Dort Trade Horton, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Makes a lot of sense. Dort Trade Horton. Yeah. Yeah. But, but in any case... Um, I also have a, a one, um, one little story I wanted to tell about about this, so I, I had just named the card. I was super excited. and I was bragging to one of my friends, uh, one of the people I climbed with, I was like, "Oh my God, I just named the Dominion card and she's like, oh, did you name it, Kevin? <laughs> <laughs> so for the longest time in my wallet, when I still had photos in my wallet, I printed off a, an image, a working image of that event, and then I just put Kevin. <laughs> as the title <laughs> i i have five dollars i'm buying a kevin I'm, I'm gonna kevin these curses into silvers <laughs> okay. and Fucking like kevin. that that yeah. happened for a long time <laughs> just gonna say that uh, and, then, and then the last little bit of trivia is like this card used to allow you to trash any number of cards and gain a silver per card you trash that was broken that was ultra powerful and like trade is still pretty okay. good okay. At, at now way that now, yeah. that
1: last part, that being too powerful, is interesting and definitely relevant to trade and what it does. Yeah, because
0: yeah. silver is amazing. It is way better than curse. Well, it's like, way better than copper. So like, and there's a difference between like
1: adding a silver to your deck and replacing something else in your deck with a silver. That's like, a those huge are, deal. Those are two very different things, and they factor kind of into I think. Uh, the first thing we need to lay the groundwork for, if we're going to talk about trade, which is that there are kinds of, yeah, well, and money density factors in, but there are two kinds of trashing in dominion. Like, oh yeah. There are people who will, there are some players who see the word trashing and don't differentiate, but, like they don't understand that like not all trashing is deck control, and so there is thinning trashing, and then there's trashing that doesn't thin, and just for this purpose, I'm going to call it like deck improvement trashing.
0: Yeah, like, a lot of times, myself included, people will use those words interchangeably, yeah. trashing and thinning.
1: But they're not the same thing.
0: Well, I mean, depending on who's saying it, right? I mean, there yeah. there are different things that trashing cards is able to do for you. In this case, you're required to gain another card, and so that effect all bundled together is, yeah. is something different than some, another effect that would just remove the cards from your deck.
1: Well, in, in my mind, these two categories are... The, the important distinction is that thinning decreases the number of cards in your deck that don't draw a card uh, yeah. when you play them. So, so like stop th- cards. And- yeah. You think about trading post, which is kind of do- doing something similar to trade. That takes two cards into your deck and turns them into one card. That's thinning. Um, yeah, yeah versus, less cards
0: than what you started with.
1: Right, whereas you buy a trade... You remove two cards from your deck, and you gain two cards that's not thinning, and, but it is improvement.
0: And those are stop cards most of the time.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, where, let's take another example. Uh, like We talk about remodel. Uh, remodel could be either one. You turn an estate into a silver, you didn't thin the estate. You improved your deck, but you didn't thin the estate. Whereas if you play a remodel to turn that estate into a village... Or uh, some some other cantrip, yeah. then you did thin your deck. You didn't necessarily improve your turn because, like, you need to. The village doesn't create value by itself, but you did thin your deck by turning the estate into something that draws a card.
0: Sure, uh, I mean how good the card that you are required to gain is is a very important part of this equation. Yes, it's really hard to make it so that when you draw a silver, you can draw more cards after that. And so if that's something that's very important to you, mm-hmm. then, you know, the silver's not great, barring the weird edge casey stuff like stables or whatever. Sure. But, uh, but you know, silver, that doesn't mean silver's a bad card. It just means that it's still a stop card. And yeah, you definitely. You haven't decreased the number of stop cards in your deck. And, and in the case of trade here, like that's, that's definitely not something that's happening. You are not decreasing the number of stop cards in your deck.
1: Yeah, and if we uh, want to give a very, like miles up uh, sort of distinction of, of what these things do for you when we're looking at uh thinning what it helps you do is shuffle your deck faster and see certain cards more often and combo them with other cards and control which cards you're seeing with which other cards while deck improvement trashing um what that's helping you do is just have generally good turns more consistently
0: Sure, and, and I think in this case, the fact that the card but, you're gaining is... But it's is, not helping you see cards more often or combo them, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, unless the card is silver, right? Right. <laughs> if, if silver combos about, with silver. Yeah. It does. I mean, that's that's a true fact, yo. Yeah. So like, But I mean, I, I think in most cases, those super combos that you're talking about are not silver. Yeah. It's like village plus smithy. Yeah, if you want to cards... combo
1: a village and a smithy, trade doesn't help you do that. Trading post does. Yeah. But if you want to make sure you can always buy... A smithy Trading post (laughs) Trade is good for that Because you're never Not going to hit four If you have a bunch of Right It's
0: more relevant If they cost five But but I think the point is Like you know Trade Trade doesn't decrease The number of stop cards In your deck Yeah And most of the time That's a very important factor Yes Definitely Yeah Um, So So there was also This thing that I sort of Tried to jump to Because Uh I mean, that was the first thing that popped into my mind was money density. Yeah, definitely. So, like, money density is this concept that that makes sense mostly in big money style decks where you're trying to get one province per turn. The fact that density enters into the equation is is more an artifact of, like, oh, well, I'm only going to be drawing X cards per turn. Mm -hmm. So that's not my entire deck. So the metric I'm using is the cards on my turn rather than the cards in my Mm -hmm. deck because I intend to draw them all. Yeah. So I think this assumption is the money density assumption is like I'm not going to draw my whole deck. I'm only going to draw some of my deck, or maybe none of it, or maybe just the five cards I start with. Yeah. That's when money density starts to be important. Mm-hmm. And uh, trade is absolutely amazing at increasing your money density. I'm I haven't thought about this, or I can't back this up, but like it's probably the single best thing you can do for five dollars in a buy that will help your money density.
1: Yeah, so like we talked about um, when we went into the episode on farmland, uh, you kind of advocated that a lot of the time, assuming that the farmland was going to be used as a quote-unquote silver to buy provinces, yeah. that the farmland was a better buy than gold, because if it removes a card from your deck while putting an effective silver into your deck, that's better for your money density than just buying a gold and adding a gold to yeah, your Yeah,
0: and that, that negates the forecost that you get and how good that could be. Even yeah. even if you were trashing it into nothing, it still right. improves your money density better than a gold would. Yeah. It's kind of like the difference between... Like, in my high school Spanish class, between, like, an extra credit assignment that was just worth gravy points on top of your grade versus an extra credit assignment that was just, like, worth 10 out of 10 and my grade was out of 1,000, right? If I just get 10 (laughs) free points in the class, that's amazing. That just straight up increases my grade by 1%. Yes. And, like, that's the difference between, you know, a B plus and an A minus or whatever. Uh, Actually, I'm sorry, in my high school Spanish classes... I, that was the difference between below a hundred percent and above a hundred percent because I loved Spanish and I was a nerd oh. but anyway <laughs> but like just a 10 out of 10 doesn't have nearly the same effect in fact that effect is next to negligible yeah. And so it's I mean there aren't a thousand cards in your deck in Dominion obviously there's you know maybe 15 or something but but in but it's still that's a marked difference that's a huge yeah. difference between um, just adding a silver to your deck or two silvers to your deck versus removing two cards that are worse than silver and then substituting them with silvers. Yeah, that's it's a really good effect to, to be doing, yeah. So, like, obviously you want to be doing this to curses and estates. Like, that's <clears> super <throat> amazing. The effect here is far better than gold. Like, trading one estate is into a silver is better than gold, and that's like basically the same comparison as farmland, although yeah, you can use the silver to buy things other than provinces. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that's an important point,
1: is, like, we have uh, kind of maybe softly implied that all you're doing with these silvers in the discussion up till now is to play big money and buy provinces but like trade is good for so much more than that like if there are cards that cost five and six and you want to make sure that you are hitting five and six as much as possible getting an early trade-off like pretty much guarantees you'll never not do that um what it what it doesn't do though is help you see those five and six (coughs) dollar cards more often like right, it can't do everything, obviously. But like, so that's that's the aspect of trashing that it's not doing, which is uh, making it so that you'll see that five dollar card you put into your deck sooner. It just makes it so you can buy more of them.
0: Yeah. So I think for the fivers, uh, you know, the reason you would get a trade is I want to hit five a whole bunch. Yeah. So a spammable fiber. Uh, if it's a six or a seven dollar card, uh-huh. you know, that's that's something I want to spike up to, and you know, maybe that card is going to help me thin my deck. Yeah. If it's something that's very powerful that can help you, you do that. Like, um, I don't know, altar or something like that. Yeah. You know, that's that's going to be, it's going to be. Well, that also helps you get a lot of fibers too.
1: And not to belabor the point here, but uh, one interesting uh, aspect of this, when we talked about when we talk about trade and wanting to do it to junk, you obviously do if you have like estates or curses or ruins or something in your deck that your opponent gave you. Um, you you would love to trade those into silver but last episode one of the concepts we explored with junking versus trashing is that if you trash cards you see your junker more often you get to play it more often and junk your opponent more whereas like that's only half true with this improvement oriented trashing trade if you're being junked uh, improves your deck quite a bit to counter the junk but it doesn't counter it
0: in terms of helping you play your junker more that's, that's true. Uh, I do want to point out a dynamic that is half true, just like yeah. this, this thing you're saying. Um, sometimes the fact that trade is out there means that the junkers help you. Like, yeah. if someone's cursing me, the fact that I can trade those curses into silvers is a net improvement for my deck. I am now glad that they are junking me. If I have enough draw, just draw all the crap.
1: Yes, I would argue that's pretty rare, though, that you'd rather... Uh, not be junked and be able to, to have trade and use it for other things. Um, the the idea that you are at a loss for cards in your deck other than the junk they could be giving you, I think, is kind of rare. But um, it's definitely a possibility.
0: Like it's definitely a, it's definitely out there. I mean, the your deck being improved by it is certainly rare. You're yeah. gonna need a buttload of draw for that. However. Um, it's, it's certainly a lot of the time makes it not worth it to go for the junker because you're yes. giving up enough to go for that junker. Quite a bit. I think that's a much more common case. Yeah.
1: yeah, so like the, I might be glad my opponent's junking me if trade is out and I can easily buy trade if like they spent those resources on junking me instead yeah. of
0: doing what would win them the game like drawing cards to yeah, if make they, effective <laughs> trades happen if they
1: if they're junking me instead of uh doing something that would actually help them win
0: and i can just trade away the junk i'm a okay with that situation yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's <laughs> yeah. that's a really good distinction to make i'm i'm yeah. glad you you pointed that out cuz I, I don't really think i um said that well enough to have I, come across just, see yeah. this is this is why we have uh, this is why we have two co-hosts on this podcast
1: yeah because but when I, was, I
0: suck at talking,
1: yeah, and Jake can make it suck less. When I suck at talking, Adam's here to just say the right thing instead of what I said. <laughs> but, um,
0: so, so so yeah, um, I mean trade trade is really great, and and I wanted to just uh, point out uh, an important distinction there that I that I said there, but I want to draw a little more attention to it. Yeah, you need to um, have more than five cards in your hand if you're going to make trade work.
1: That's really. The most important point in my mind as well is like the main enabler for trade is just increased hand size.
0: Yeah, and like normally, you know, normally when I say draw, I'm talking about, you know, you have to make sure you don't decrease the number of actions you have. Yeah. Because there's
1: a difference between increased hand size and increased effective hand size. Like if you play a smithy and draw three more smithies, you didn't, (laughs) you increased your hand size.
0: We did it. But you didn't increase your effective hand size. Sure. Uh, yeah. Having an action is uh, is great, right? Uh, I mean, if you're playing big money, it's not mm. the most important thing. So, um, the draw that needs village support or terminal draws a lot of people call it. So, the smithy uh, works great for trade because you you know you're putting silvers in your deck, and smithy yeah. loves drawing those, uh, even if it doesn't have an action remaining. So, yeah. I think that's the most important point about trade. It's just so hard to hit five <laughs> and then have stuff that you want to trash. Yeah. So, like, you basically like you usually
1: only look at trade as something that's creating a lot of value if you're tr- trashing both cards. Like, you could... A one-card trade is something you'll do it's, sometimes. It's good. Like, it's stayed into silver or curse into silver. That's a good that's thing for you. Good, It's really good. But, like, trade is really only something you're excited about when you get to trash two. Which means that, okay. you remember, you have to have cards... I'm, and- I'm excited with the... But, but most of the... <laughs> okay. Um... If you're easily
0: excitable. No. But yeah, <laughs> what, so like, I like silver, okay?
1: Sue me. So you either have to uh, be able to increase your hand size, or you have to be able to hit five with only three cards. Don't get me wrong, hitting five with only three cards, that's not super impressive for a mid game deck, but like <laughs> it's not something
0: it's not something <laughs> that
1: you can do early. Here yeah, I am, I'm and like
0: trade is I'm like silver's great. I love silver, and you're like Hitting five with three cards, that's not impressive! And well, I'm like, uh-huh. Silver does that! <laughs> <laughs> well, Well,
1: so, like, hitting five with three cards is something you'll be able to do by the middle of the game, but it's not something you can do early. And trade is something you're most excited about early. So, the best way that you can get a trade early, when you most want it, is to go for things that'll increase your <laughs> hand size so that you can draw more cards and get that trade off.
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, just just the the likelihood of, of having junks to trash along with your five dollar hand without increasing hand size it's not impossible but like yeah you have to build towards it if you really want yeah. it to happen and uh building towards it by opening with a smithy is much easier to do than yeah. building towards it by doing something that doesn't increase the number of cards in your hand yeah definitely yeah. uh so yeah that's uh, the main, those are the main points that I have Yeah, about there's, there's trade. really only one more thing I wanted to do just okay. to stick a bow on this. Uh, we've talked about trading posts, and yes, they're very similar. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, we talked about how like trading posts thins the cards and trade gains you more silvers, obviously. But um, I think this is a, a vehicle uh, to, to drive home one last point trade is an event. Yes. Okay, and uh, events are really good, it's not a card you put in your deck that you then play, and then a shuffle after that you start to see the effects of the card. That's what trading post is. Trade has an effect immediately. You yeah. do a trade and you shuffle your cards, and now your deck is significantly better already instead of waiting another shuffle. Okay, yeah, that's that's actually a very important distinction. You know, that's that's true for pretty much every event in the <clears throat> game, right? But, um, you know, trade is an event, and it has this effect. And, I, I mean, a lot of people, especially when adventures first came out, were, you know, underestimating events. I mean, I did throughout the entire playtesting process. But the fact that they have their effect immediately and don't require you to put a card in your deck that you have to draw and then play in order to have its effect, that's a huge power boost. And so, um, you know, trade's a lot better than you may give it credit for for that reason, and also because silver's amazing. Yeah. Yeah,
1: no, that's... Uh, the other... I mean, obviously, it being an event, too, doesn't mean, like, comparing it to trading posts. Like, if you terminal draw it, like, you, you don't have to worry about it taking up space in your deck to do the same thing that a trading post would do. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, for uh, sure. Being an easy. event is a really big deal.
0: Yeah.
1: So, uh, those are the main points I think we have about trade. Yeah. Um Let us know in the comments if you can think of anything that you think we may have missed. Oh, Tomb. Nah! <laughs> Anyway, uh, so uh, there's a kingdom that we're going to be playing um, that uh, has trade, trade in, in it, it yeah. yeah, and uh, we're going to be playing it over the next week and deciding um, what we think is best here, and beginning of next podcast, we're going to talk about uh, how wrong we were about that. So
0: Yeah, except for me. Still haven't really been wrong all that much, <laughs> just uh, putting that out there. Uh, wait. Yeah, I said Marauder was bad last time.
1: Yeah, did you say anything that was wrong? I feel like we both got corrected quite a bit. I
0: mean, the opening, uh, I think, going a little <laughs> harder for Fool's Gold than what I suggested is probably good. Yeah. So, I mean, But I, I staked my claim on Marauder, though. Okay, but Fool's Gold's not in this kingdom. What is? Oh, okay. We have Native Village, Catapult, Guide, Trade Route, Silk Road, Capital, Cobbler, Haunted Woods... Ill-gotten gains, laboratory, and of course, there's trade. Once again, for our audio-only listeners, Native Village, Catapult, Guide, Trade Route, Silk Road, Capital, Cobbler, Haunted Woods, Ill-gotten gains, laboratory, and trade. What you thinking, Lincoln? Okay, so... Um,
1: I think tr- I mean I think trade is really important here. Super great. Um, I think it's
0: the reason why you don't go for eggs.
1: Yeah, I think ill gotten gains would be good if trade route wasn't if trade trade, was, trade wasn't here. Yeah, <laughs> trade route. No, not trade, trade route's not enough. Yeah, no trade um, is the reason that you set that deck up. Definitely, um,
0: trade route's just outclassed here by catapult. Catapult gives you a dollar, <laughs> and sometimes does a yeah. very relevant attack. And trade route just. Gives you yeah, a that you don't care about. That's
1: true. So, the, uh... Man, how do you... What kind of deck are you building here and how do you open? I am <laughs> thinking that big money is not crazy here. It's not crazy. Because, like, there is plus buy and there are ways to increase your hand size and do more than big money, but, like, trade sets up big money really well with that money density we were talking about, and there's yeah. also terminal draw and man like haunted woods is pretty good for it too
0: yeah so like there there's a couple ways you can go the first way you can go i think is a (coughs) money-based deck that deck probably has uh some haunted woods in it for sure it uh performs a few trades and it uh tries to buy provinces by having a lot of cards in hand um, Capital's probably good for that deck. I imagine Guide is probably going to be good for the deck. I know Haunted Woods sort of serves as a counter to itself, but, like, Guide also defends pretty nicely against Haunted Woods. Yeah, So I'm probably going to want one of those, especially because I'll be having a yeah. decent amount of Silvers.
1: I'm only going to be buying Guide if I see my opponent has bought some Haunted Woods. Because, like, I don't think that Guide over Silver makes it, in, unless you're being attacked. I, don't I think I would get a guide even without. I would get more guides if I was being attacked for sure. Would I get a guide without? Would I find time for a guide if I wasn't being attacked by haunted woods? I think I would. I think I'd do it. Uh, okay. If I was being attacked, or, or catapult. Obviously, either one of those encourages. A guide. Okay. Yes.
0: Any any attack for sure. So would I do? That? I don't know. I, I'd think about it. I'm I'm pretty sure I would uh, stick a guide in the deck. I'm pretty sure. I I'm not so, gonna I'm not gonna die on that cross. <laughs> uh, but I, you know, I, I think that's pretty good here. Yeah. The, the other direction I think you can go uh, involves playing a lot more cards in a turn and aiming for a higher payload than one province per turn. And
1: that's not crazy either. Yeah. Like I don't think Big Money's crazy. I don't think this other deck
0: is crazy either. The the components of that deck are so weak though. Like there's Native Village, which doesn't well, there's... like to draw cards all that much. Yeah. And Haunted Woods is is good draw but like it's needs plus action with native village although
1: native village is actually kind of decent at setting up a trade Uh, because like Uh, it can sure yeah it sets up a it sets up a big hand i mean i feel like haunted woods just does it better but like well like you'd you'd have the the same deck has both because the only plus action here to play multiple haunted woods
0: is the native village for sure So, so but like there's also lab which may just be better at all of that stuff
1: yeah the really awkward part of setting up that kind of deck on this kind of board when like the plus buy is like nominal like it's plus buy but it doesn't do anything else i'm talking about trade route and kind of capital is like when am i picking it up because like i want to build more before i buy it so i can capitalize on it but like i'm also like once i've built more i'm hitting like six and seven dollar price points and it feels so bad to spend like $7 $7 on a trade route, or a, or something like that. <laughs> well, sure. I
0: mean, that feels bad, but... But sometimes you know. gotta do it. Or a ruined market! Oh, I mean, I, I'm not sure how I feel about Cobbler in that deck. Cobbler's oh, probably fine. Oh, okay. I'm still not sure, though, because, like,
1: the really... Cobbler
0: is actually probably something I would go for in that case. I mean, the, the fact that you can get it with Silk Roads, it helps you catch up, and, and I feel like you know, getting some igs in that deck after the trade deck has started grieving. If you want to go super long, I mean, as the trade player, I'm not super intimidated by that. It's interesting that you mentioned
1: Silk Road. I looked at this board, and the first thing I said was, "I don't think Silk Road's very good here." Like, I think Silk
0: Road's pretty bad. I mean, it's it's, not gonna... it's more points. It's not great, but I don't think like, really need it if you're going to go for that deck. Mm, I'm still well, not warm. The, the well, more I talk about it, um, the more I feel like I want to play something. That aims for one province per turn. Yeah. Uh, that's I'm where I'm of, leaning. I could be wrong about this. I'm I, not certain. of. I think it's kind of close.
1: I think setting up a streamlined, junk-free deck that has a bunch of silvers in it, and that's a deck that can very easily get golds and then start getting one province per turn is super easy and fast here. Uh, because... Because of, of trade. Hand size increase in trade. Yeah. And uh, I think that... Even though higher payload is technically possible, I think it's going to get outpaced. Uh, in like so, like once a player doing that gets five provinces, a player doing anything else is in a much shakier position because like they I can't think they I, can't get points without lowering piles that end the game. Yeah.
0: Sure. I, I think the magic number here is six, but same idea. Yeah. And that's because there's more points out there and some attacks. Yeah. But yeah. Once I got six provinces but, with that deck, I'd feel pretty good.
1: I think Silk Road without any like enablers is pretty weak.
0: Yeah, the so. best enabler is Cobbler, which is not super fantastic. Yeah, and, like, it gets countered pretty hard by Haunted Woods, too. Ooh, gross. Yeah. Well, yeah, you can't slog now that I think about it. Well, so I don't know. I mean, I've lost many games to Wandering winter where I'm like, you can't slog with Silk Road here, and then, whew!
1: Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, let us know what you would do. <laughs> um, let us know what you think about Silk Road and whether you would try to play the traditional, quote-unquote, big money, or you would... Uh, just try to buy a province per turn as quickly as possible or you would try to do more than that capitalizing on the plus buy here so um, yeah. yeah oh uh, I don't know of a cross I'm willing to die on for this kingdom yeah would anyone go for Ig? like would, I, I think that ill gains i'm I'm trying to think of a situation where you would buy an
0: ill-gotten gains and like it seems I, dicey like if I was behind and needed points and to slow my opponent down, probably would do it but it feels so bad I would I don't think it's great. think about it in the
1: not near the end game when we're trying to score but in the mid game if my opponent is not super thin I would consider it but man am I buying that over a lab or a haunted wood no yeah, no I'm it's, not it's hard or a cobbler yeah. depending on what kind of deck I'm building no I I'm gonna say you never buy an oak Island games here I don't like it. I don't think... I think it's ignorable. Ignorable, TM. So, um... Yeah. uh, But
0: yeah, uh, I I think that's all I have to say about the kingdom, right? I think
1: we're mostly in agreement here on this kingdom, too. So, let us know in the comments if you think we're way off base, but...
0: (coughs) For sure. um, Other than that... Uh, Next week, uh, we're going to have another episode at the normal time. It's not going to be early like this one. Um, Hit us up on the Discord. Go to adamhorton.com. Blogs and forums are there. Uh, we got a, a lot of good feedback this week. Hopefully that can continue. And, yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, we look forward to doing this again. Thanks Oops. for listening. Yeah, yeah. thanks. See you later. later guys.
1: So dating sims have been a thing for a long time, um, and I, those have never been my preferred genre except for the ones that are, like, self-aware and, like, commenting on the dating sim genre. Okay. Uh, Like, How to Full Boyfriend, Doki Doki Literature Club, those are amazing. How to Full Boyfriend? How to Full Boyfriend is a dating sim, um, and it's just a straight up deadpan dating sim, except all the people you're dating are just birds. It makes no... You're a human. It makes no explanation whatsoever. They're just birds. Like, it's...
0: Um. Lexi would like this dating sim. Yeah. Because Did you know that Lexi has a confirmed kill? Oh. Of a bird. Nice. I mean, her her breed was meant to, like, bring dead birds back to you, but okay. she actually got one. Like, when they go... The, the They're bred to, like, go into bushes and then... Flail around so they scare the birds. That You can shoot them, and then when the birds come down, they bring them back to you. And they have the soft bite so they don't, like, impale the bird with their teeth or something when they're bringing it back. But I guess if they can catch one, sure, you know, they caught a bird, good for them. So I I guess that's probably in their genetic makeup. Good job, Lexi. Uh, I was the only person who saw her kill this bird, and it was a total fluke. Like, she... The, I don't know how the bird didn't notice she was coming up on it, because she was not stealthy about <laughs> it a really all. dumb bird. But um, then when the bird noticed, it got startled, and it ran into a fence. It just flew into the fence. And kind of, like, it was still kind of airborne, but it was not going in any good direction. And so Doggo just kind of reached up and flailed and, and hit the bird again, and then the bird got down on the ground, and then she went over to the bird, and I think the bird was already, like pretty much dead. I mean, it, it wasn't, it wasn't dead at that point, but like, Wait, she, but she brought it over to me very gently, set it down, I praised her, because what else are you gonna do, right? Right, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> like, I mean, like, good job! Yeah. I and didn't, I, and then I took her inside, so she didn't I didn't, didn't eat even it. know I wanted this! <laughs> <So> <laughs> I took her inside, so she didn't need it, she stared at it through the glass door for like the next four hours, and then, um, to make sure it was dead. I, well, yeah, I mean, it, it eventually died there, and, uh, I mean, I told my wife about it, and actually her parents were visiting at the moment. I was the only mm. one that saw it. I was like, yeah. look at this dead bird. Lexi killed it. And they were like, I don't believe you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's amazing. We believe you, Lexi.
0: Well, I mean, I do. And, and uh, now you're the second person in the universe that believes her.
1: <laughs> which actually brings us to uh, the raffle.
0: Welcome to the Making Street. Luck, a Dominion podcast.
1: Yeah, so if you were listening to any of that, then you...